this message today is specifically for dads, but it really applies to all of us. Uh, we looked at the definition of daredevil. It's funny that I have a message with devil in it. I get it, right? But we looked at the message or the, uh, the, the dictionary definition of daredevil. And one of the definitions, one of the main definitions is actually someone who is willing to dare the devil. Do you get what I'm saying? I'll make this more plain for you. Whoa, mama. All right. Uh, I want to make this more plain for you. Somebody who is willing to look the enemy in the face and know exactly who they are, what they're called to, the victory that they have inside of them, the fact that they've been born and, and come on, and that the overcomer lives inside of them. Somebody who's willing to look the enemy in the face and say, try me, try my kids, try my spouse, try my life, try my household. I dare you, devil. So I believe in this time, one of the greatest things we need as a nation and a people group is dads who are willing to dare the devil and say, I dare you. I really really believe that one of the reasons that we're facing so many difficult things in the world today is because fathers have either been absent, A, or B, we have been uh, at times uh, totally kind of lumped into a category by our worst kind. Amen? I I used to say this all the time when I would go to the doctor's office. uh, They would talk to Estrella, and they would never talk to me. And I remember eight years into Lainey being eight years old, I never missed a single doctor's appointment, or nine years in. They would always talk to her because they would assume that as a dad, I didn't really care about the whole thing, like, just, just fill me in later. And I'm sitting there like, hey, you can talk to me too. I'm here. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what percentile she's in. When Maddie was in the hospital uh, for 62 days when she was born, she was born a micropremie. She was born a pound and a half. That little miracle right there. Yeah, there she is. And um, I was there 60 of the 62 days. And it took me about 45 days to get the doctors and the nurses trained that when I was there, you can talk to me too. It was like when mom comes around, uh, let us know because we want to discuss some things with her. I'm like, um, am I here? Am I alive? We, we assume and we have, for lack of a better term, we have relegated dads to not being involved, not caring. The traditional thing is just provide, you know, uh, be halfway present. Dads are busy. Don't bother me. This whole picture But I believe that God is raising up a new kind of father in this generation. Come on, a father that is just as nurturing as a mama, a father who cares, a father who speaks life into his children, a father who does more than just discipline and drop the truth, you know, son, you're going to have to this, but a father who listens and understands and experiences and knows their children individually one by one, knows that they're different, knows that they need to be raised differently depending on who they are and what they have inside of them. Dads that actually listen to the discernment of the father for their children, dads who prophetically understand what God is doing with their children and actually walk in that dynamic as fathers, true fathers. And see, when we look at our heavenly father, we realize that there is a pattern for us. And I want to read some scriptures to you, if you will, for a moment. Um, uh, Ephesians 6, 10, and 11 says, you might know this, but it's talking about the armor of God. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. A lot of times we think being strong or putting on the armor means that we don't cry. We're stoic or anything that comes our way, we've got it under control. 
Well, I got to tell you this right now. I thought that way for a long time. And about the last two years of my life, going through some very, very emotional and difficult times, I will tell you this right now. I've faced some situations where, listen, as tough as I wanted to be, there was no toughness left. As much as I didn't want to cry, I, I, I cried till there was no more tears coming out of my eyes. And I want to tell you one thing right now. It was in those times of vulnerability and those times of not being what the world calls tough that God spoke to me, reached me, encouraged me, built me up because it says that in our weakness, he is made strong. And so dads, if you want to be strong, show them how weak you are. Come on, show them how vulnerable you are. Show them, are you with me today or not? All right. I know you're spread out, but that's all right. Uh, yeah, come on. Well, another version of the, of the another version of the scripture says, "Be fully aware of every aspect of our battle uniform, so we can face every method and strategy that the enemy could possibly employ against us and our family." And I want to put this in this context for you. We need to know who we are. We need to know what it looks like to be a father. We need to know who we are, and we need to know what God has equipped us with. In other words, we don't have to go gain or access something. We don't have to, you know, uh, find something that we're missing. Actually, the way God created you as a man and as a father, that, that, that before time, he put inside of you and gave you what you needed to stand firm and be what your children in the world need. And so we need to become, as it says, fully aware of every aspect of the uniform of God's cloak upon our lives, that we would know that when this needs to be defended, we have what what the Spirit of God needs for that moment. When we need to be offensive, we have that weapon in that moment. When we need to listen, we have that weapon in that moment. When we need to protect our hearts, we have that piece of armor in that moment. John 10, 29 says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I want to preach that to you for a moment. I might jump down and run through the cars until I'm out of breath. But I want to tell you this right now. It says that no one can snatch them from his hand. And you see, because the father has created us in his what? Image. That means that the father has put inside of us a determination and a will that not one would be snatched from our hands. So fathers, I want to tell you this right now. Dads, you are not just a protector, but you are somebody that is supposed to look out for anything that would come to distort the minds of your children. The enemy comes to steal, rob, and destroy, and he does that through one thing and one thing only. Are you ready? Lies. Lies. The only way the enemy can take you or your family, your children out is L-I-E-S. It always starts with a lie. Every fear is based in a lie. Every bad decision is based in a lie. Every sin imaginable is based in a lie. Why? Because sin is a lie. The lie is always a distortion. Sin is simply a distortion of something who God is or what God says about you. And we, when we begin to actually believe a lie about who God is or who he created us to be, that's sin. And it manifests in all sorts of ways. And we, we sometimes attack the behavior, but we don't realize that the root of it is we need to know who we are and who he is. Come on. 
Now, I'm not going to preach out here. Get all sweaty. Come on. That's, I like that horn. Whoever's got that horn, that's a good one. Uh, I, we actually need to realize that God designed us and programmed us and gave us what we needed. When the Spirit of God, when we received the fullness of Christ, we received the image of the Father. And the image of the Father, I'm going to say it again, is greater than all. No one can snatch anyone out of the Father's hand. And I'm going to say this to you right now. We have got to start not just fathering our own children, but we need to look around our neighborhoods and the world around us and realize that you can look people in the eyes and you're going to find out that 70 or 80% of the people, if you actually just tune into the discernment of the father, you're going to look into their eyes and realize they are missing a daddy. Come on. There's, there's a new trend going on right now. I want you to hear this. There's a new trend going on right now. And there's girls that have basically uh, created like social media porn. And what they're doing is they're using Instagram and Facebook, and, and, and they've created their own businesses, essentially, where they don't have to go through large porn companies, and they're using this site called OnlyFans. I don't know if it's .com or .me or whatever it is, but it's called OnlyFans, and they can basically manage and sell their bodies without anyone else getting a cut, and we're celebrating that as a society. I want to tell you something right now. It is time for, A, men to stop consuming that nonsense and and buying it and supporting it, and the demand needs to go down, and number two, we need to realize that there is a fatherless society where girls are trying to get affirmation and make money off of it at the same time, and we can blame them, and we can blame their choices, but at the end of the day, I'm telling you right now, it is the responsibility of men in our society to stand up for what is right and be holy and righteous and change the lies that they're believing about themselves. This is the only way I can survive. This is the only way that I can be seen as beautiful. This is the only way someone will affirm of me. This is the only way, et cetera, et cetera. I believe that God's calling us in this moment to set the record straight for the people around us. And I'm tired of the lies. I've changed my approach in parenting my two lovely girls who hopefully will come on stage and wave at everybody before this is over. But we don't talk about the behavior. I don't talk about their behavior with them. Oh, Pastor Dan, you spare the rod, spoil the child. Well, it didn't work on you, okay? Or me. I had more whoopings than you could count. The Environmental Protection Agency was called out because trees were literally missing from all of the limbs that were used as switches around my house. My parents needed permits. They were whooping me so much as a kid. I still messed up and got in trouble. We've actually started changing it where we we attack the lies. We attack the mistruths that they're believing that manifests in behavior that's, that will could destroy their life. We attack those. We spend very little time on the behavior. We spend very little time on the tip of the iceberg, which is the manifestation. And we spend more time actually digging into the root of what is it you don't understand about yourself? Recently, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but Lainey and I had a conversation in a room. And my question to her was, I know what you did, but who are you? She was like, what? I mean, she was ready for dad to be ticked. I said, I know what you did, and that's, it wasn't great, but who are you? All it took was for her to remind herself who she knew she was, and that behavior, that thing, never happened again. 
All she needed to be done, to be reminded of is who she was. And so I'm ready for a revolution, and I'm going to finish soon, but I'm ready for a revolution of men that will stand up, and instead of telling everybody what they've done wrong and how they need to fix it, and let me give you my opinion, and isn't it funny that men tend to be the most opinionated sometimes, but yet we never read directions? I'm so... You put something together with a man, he's so pain. That doesn't go over there. It's like, listen, I read the directions, man. Trying to tell me it's time that we read these directions, men, and realize that God has actually called us and created us to set a standard in this hour of not, let me tell you what you did wrong, but let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you what he's called and destined you to be. And we can talk about what you did a minute ago or a week ago or a month ago, but let me tell you what you've been created and designed to be and do in this lifetime. And anytime you get off track, we might deal with the behavior for 10 seconds, but we're going to spend 10 minutes or 10 hours or 10 years reminding you of who you are and who you've been created to be. Amen. First John three, eight says the one who did, does what is uh, sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So I want you to understand this. If we're created in the image of God, if we're created in the image of his son, and the reason he came or appeared was that he would destroy the enemy's work. And what is the enemy's work? It's, it's the manifestation of sin that comes through lies. He wants to lie and distort. So we are actually created. The power living on the inside of you is actually you were created. You are designed, men and women, but we're talking to men today. Is that all right, ladies? You can grab a hold of this too. We are actually designed to destroy the, en the enemy's work. What would it look like? I want, how many of you have teenagers? Oh. How many of you have teenage grandchildren? How many of you have ever raised teenagers? Y'all want to go back and do that again? You're good with it, right? What would happen if we spent less time trying to figure out if our teenager was sneaking out and more time trying to figure out why they think they would have to sneak out or what is it that they don't understand about what they were designed and who they are on the inside? Come on. What if we realize that our hunt is not for bad behavior, it's not for a trend in their attitude, but our hunt should be for whatever lie that needs to be destroyed? What if we became, because men naturally, you know, they tell us we're naturally hunters. I've seen some of you guys shoot. You're not so much a hunter. Um, <laughs> but we're supposed to be naturally hunters and searchers and gatherers and want to go find things. And, you know, we, we go into the store. Not me. I'm wired a little differently. I get it. But it's like we have a mission. How many men are mission-minded when they go into the store to find something, right? And so we look at a problem and we try to tackle it and figure out there's the problem. I'm going to deal with it. We can't approach people that way. We can't approach our children that way. It's not about finding a problem and fixing it. it what it really is about is trying to, if you want to search, if you want to put that natural instinct inside of you to work, if you really want to be a daredevil dad, you want to go in, find that lie, attack that and destroy it, not the person, not their, their self-esteem, not who they've been called and created to be, but attack that lie, replace it with truth, and that will show the enemy, that will show the devil that he has no place with you and yours. Amen? All right, I'm almost done. I have a couple more things I want to say. 
Um, John 4, 4, 1 John 4, 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Another version says, you originate in God and have already conquered the worldly religious system because of the unveiling of Christ in you. So when Christ is in you and you've received that, the unveiling of who he is is that you are greater than anything you will ever face in this world. Come on, it's more than just a cape. It's more than just a, I'm a tough guy and I don't cry when I cut my finger. It's more than just, you know, anything that I face, we can handle. We'll figure it out, honey. No, it is that anything you encounter, not because of your toughness, not because, you, you know, you worked out this week or, you, you know, you were, you're six foot tall or you're five foot tall. It has nothing to do with any of that. Or you graduated school, you didn't graduate school. No, 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 no. The equal playing field for every man on the earth, every person on the earth is Christ in you is greater than anything you will ever face in the world. And so our strength doesn't come from what we think we have and don't have. Our strength and our understanding that we can overcome and have overcome anything in this world comes from the fact that Christ is in you. Amen? So dads, I want you to stand up right now. We're going to prophesy over you right where you are. If you're in your car, you can get out if you want. If not, you can wave at us. We're going to prophesy over you right now. John 8, 4 says, you belong to your father and you want to carry out your father's desires. This is talking about people, demons and people that, uh, uh, that according to the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. There's only one thing on this earth that can and has overcome the father of lies, and that is the father of truth. That is God himself. And I want to tell you, I want to, I, I, you know, in hunting season, they say there's open season on, you know, wild boar or brown bear or white-tailed deer or whatever it is. I want to declare an open season over our city in, for lies, Anything that would distort people's understanding of who they are and who they've been created to be. I want to go to where there is a lie. This every piece of chaos we're facing as a world and a nation right now belongs in a lie. Do you understand me? The whole all lives matter, black lives matter. I'm going to go there for a moment and then we're going to pray over you guys. It's all based in a lie. And it's this. People that want to say all lives matter believe the lie that if you say black lives matter, then their life doesn't matter too, if you don't explicitly say it. Dumb. It's okay. People are hurting. We can say black lives matter and our life can matter too. The vice versa, people on the other side, and this is real, that say black lives matter, but I don't want to say all lives matter, are based, their, their thought process, and some of them for very good reason, believe that if we don't specifically say their life matters, that they'll never matter, and the world will never pay attention to the atrocities going on. Do you understand me? We have to change our behavior as a society and realize it's not one versus the other. 
It's not Democrat versus Republican. It's not BLM versus ALM. It's not cops versus this people. It's this. It is people who know who they are and know what the truth is versus people that have bought into a lie. And it is time that we dispel every lie and every distortion of who God created us to be as a people and as a nation, as a world. So it is open season on lies. And gentlemen, I'm going to prophesy over you right now. You have a special anointing and calling to search out the lies of the loved ones and those around you. You have a special anointing and calling and purpose to destroy the yoke and the burden of those lives for those around you. So every lie that comes your way, I believe that God's going to give you the discernment to know what it is. That you will go beyond the surface behavior or the surface argument or the surf the thing that would throw you off the smokescreen and pierce through it like a man should and find the root of every lie, every falsehood, every distortion of the enemy, and that we would dare the enemy to try to lie to one of our people. We would dare the devil to try to come into our camp. He would say, you know what? I'm not going to bring my nonsense that way because the last 10 times I did it, he found me out. He eliminated the lie and fixed the behavior and the spirit of God came into the situation. I don't feel welcome here anymore. I believe it is time. Come on, men, that from this point forward, we will enter into a season where no lie will go unchallenged in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Well, I'll get you out of here because it's getting hot, but we're going to pray over you right now, and I'm going to, Dad, will you come and pray since you're the papa of this whole thing? You don't even have to come up here. You guys love my dad? Since it's Father's Day, I'll brag on him before we close. I'll do it quickly. I'll say this, I don't know, I don't know a man personally in our city or county or a good distance, I'm sure, away from here, maybe in the whole state of Florida, that has so many people throughout the years that consider him their father. I've watched him father so many people that don't have a dad in the natural or who are estranged from their dad. I've watched him pour kindness and love and respect and honor on people who never had a father to do it. I've watched him replace lies with truth. I've watched him eliminate the fear and the terror of a father's authority in people's hearts by loving them well. And uh, I'm proud that he's my dad. I'm proud that he's my dad. And y'all, I know you're like, you think he's your dad, but you're just gonna have to take a seat. There's five of us in line before you. And now his grandchildren. I want to say this, Dad. Um, my my little ones have been staying next door sometimes, um, Lainey and Maddie. And my spending a lot of time around my mom and dad. And your love to them, and the way that you've looked after them and loved them and opened your heart to them, and championed them and been there for them in times I couldn't. I want to say, Dad, has meant a tremendous amount to me. And it's redeemed things in me. It's redeemed things in me and taught me so much of how to be a better dad in the last couple of years. And I just want to say thank you and try to pray now that I've got you crying and, uh, and send these people back home. And, and uh, I'll close out. He'll pray and I'll say one more thing and we'll get out of here. Hallelujah. Um, I can't believe that Dan would say that many nice things about me. Because I, I wore out my whooping stick on that boy. 
But hallelujah, what a privilege. What a privilege it is to love like Jesus loves. To love our children and to love those who are fatherless and those who need that affirmation. We stand up when the enemy tells them they're made out of bad stuff. You stand up and you tell them you're made out of good stuff. That you're important to God, you're important to me, and there's a part for you to play. So, Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for those that are gathered and those that are watching this. We ask you, Father, that you'll strengthen, Father, every union and strengthen, Father, every relationship between father and son and father and their daughters. We ask you, Father, that you'll anoint them, that you'll teach them this, Lord, how to do it the way that you would do it that you never leave them, you never forsake them, you never cast them away, but you keep loving them even if they make a mistake. And so, Father, we ask you to bless and to strengthen, and we thank you for this day and those that gathered. In Christ's precious name, beep your horn and everybody shout amen.